questioned God then too. Why would God do such evil to people? You know, you look at the time of Noah when God brought the floods down and the earthquakes and the mountains came forth um, and shaking the ground. You know, people wonder, how could a loving God do all that? Well, you know, he actually the same thing. You know, if you're questioning why does God permit evil, you know, the Bible says that a man's heart had waxed cold, that his heart was there to do evil continually. And God was done with it. For a hundred to hundred and twenty years, man was able to see that Noah was building an ark. And the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. But you know what back then Noah was just a conspiracy theorist. You know, what is this thing called rain? What is this? It's possible that, you know, there had not been rain yet. You know, there's a verse in Genesis. Some wonder for sure what it means, but it talks about how the rains had not yet come down, um, but that the dew of the um, earth would come up. And, and so some wonder if maybe rain had not came until the time of Noah. The Bible doesn't say specifically, but to me it kind of seems like it's implied in the verse in Genesis. Um, but it's possible maybe there had been rain um, in between, but um, I think it makes sense that there wasn't. That, you know, the Bible talks about how the firmament of heaven was broken up and then the waters um, came forth. Remember to give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. They know God's mercy continues. Gives us chance after chance. Now there may be a time when God says no more. Now you know what? I've warned you and I've warned you and enough is enough. But yet his mercy still for all generations continues. You see that Noah and his family found mercy. They found grace in the eyes of God even while the rest of the world was full of wickedness. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he have redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Anybody want to maybe put a shot out? What does redeem mean? You know, when we say something's been redeemed, what's that mean? For the English teachers, purchase. Purchase, okay. What's that? Okay, made new. Okay, anybody else? But yeah, redeem, redemption. Those are all is captured by that. Yeah, all of those are all all part of it. You know, it talks about okay, purchase. You know, the Bible talks about how we are bought by the blood of the Lamb. You know, our salvation was purchased not by us, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. Um, to buy back. Okay, you know what? God created us. Okay? We're the offspring of God in creation. But then you know it's by about Satan enters the hearts of men and how how Satan works to blind men from the gospel. Uh, but the gospel is able to be as a light that shines forth, but Satan tries to 
keep people, and yet um, in, in a ransom that you know it's not it's not being Satan, so to speak, but it's purchasing our redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ, and then we're able to become children of God by faith. And we were originally an offspring of God in creation, as everyone is in the world, but we end up truly being children of God by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ. The redeemed uh, means ransom, delivered from bondage, distress, penalty, liability, or from the possession of another. And there's no doubt, many of us that can give a testimony of the darkness that we were in before we were saved, and that God redeemed us, that God saved us out of it. You know, I used to wonder as a child, you know, and I don't have this amazing story about, you know, oh, I was involved in drugs, or I was involved in um, all kinds of great crime, and that God saved me out of it. But you know what? God's grace is so rich and great, too, that he could have kept, prevented you from a lot of that, too. And what a blessing that is. What a testimony that is. And you know what? They, I, it's really how you know, we look at our testimony, too. You know, I didn't grow up in the best type of home environment. I could have been involved in all of the things I mentioned, but how God spared me through it. And then later, Seeing my parents come to know the Lord. I remember when I first told them I was going to Bible college, and they said, Well, we're not going to support you in that. You know, we know you're smart in computers. Um, you know, you like to work with them, take them apart, put them back together, um, do some coding. And so, you know, we'll support you um, in college if you go to learn college or, or to learn computers or business. And I was like, You know what? Believe God wants me to go to Bible college. He said, Well, we're not going to support that. We're not going to give towards that. Um, so, year on your own. So, I was so beat. I didn't say that. I wasn't being disrespectful like that. But in my mind, I'm right. You know what? God's called me to be a preacher. Um, that's what I'm going to go towards. <laughs> and then, you know what? If they saw I was committed, went to church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Saturday bus visitation, inviting children to church. Um, you know, my kind of punishment as a child was I didn't get to go to church. Okay, okay, you know what? Back talk to your parents, but you're not going to church. Okay, okay, you know what? What do you want your kids going to church? You know what? Is a church you're maybe going to teach on? You know what? Go back talking to your Teaching on good morals, teaching on good virtues and traits. But that was my punishment. So I was all the way injured. And then the youth conference came, and I wanted to go with that. And so, you know, my parents would sometimes hold me hostage from that. Um, if anything that um, they didn't like, they did. And so I loved being in church. You know, it was painful for what God had done. And then it would be later on. Just really in the last decade that my parents would get saved. You know, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And you know, you talked about Israel and how they would be in bondage at different times and then how God would bring them deliverance. 
know, God would touch God would feed the man from heaven when they're in the middle of the wilderness. You would think, you know, people would want to talk about that. You know, the Bible talks about it in use and how he would have them have stones of remembrance. That would be when they, when other generations would see these stones and you tell them about what God has done. And so back even then, you know, God was telling them, do what to redeem of the Lord's sin so. Speak of the wonders of God. You know, so often what did Israel do, just like any of us could have possibly done, they complained. You know what? God fed a man from heaven, and you know what? He started complaining. You know what? They even said things like, you know what? Would be to God, it'd be better if we were back in Egypt as slaves than to be out here in this wilderness. But forget the goodness of God and what God had delivered them from. And may we remember that. Remember how God has been good to us, even when we may go through new trials in life. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so, who we have redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. And over and over, God delivered Israel from her enemy. There were times when, you know what, they praised the Lord, and then there were times where they worshipped a golden calf and said that was the Lord. But God redeemed them from the hand of the uh, hand of the enemy. Verse 4. Since they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way, they found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble. And we see that they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way times. And they found a city to dwell in hungry thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. And it was just like Israel. Today, there are many people wandering in the wilderness. But through this whole COVID a lot of them are wandering in the wilderness and they're scared. They're fearful. Whatever it be, the virus itself, whether it be government overreach, uh, whether it be tyranny, whatever it may be, many in society are fearful. It's one thing to be concerned and to be discerning and to be fearful. It's a difference between being afraid. No, I don't like a lot of what's going on. Well, you know that. You know I'm not fair. You know what God's sovereign? God uses all these types of things to accomplish his purposes. We may not like it. We may not like how it goes up and what's going on. But God will use everything, whether it be good or evil, to accomplish his purposes. And so we need to trust in the Lord. We need to be a people of hope that people can look to and people can ask us and wonder, why are you at peace in this? Don't you hate that this is going on? Man, are we about to go in another world war with Ukraine, Russia, and China, and is that all going to escalate and be another world? 
the wars, you know what, where they're more overseas, you know, and not so much in our own, uh, on our own land itself. But yet, you know, the Bible does talk about how in the latter days that you will, there will be wars, there will be rumors of wars, that there will be pestilences. So pestilence, viruses. And, and you know, so this would be a complete denial of COVID or other things like that. It would really be kind of almost be a denial of, you know, God said these kinds of things would come. Know we can trust God in it all. And many people, when they see us, ask of that hope, ask of that reason. I got one thing. Am I that try? Thanks. What a compliment. Yeah, your preaching's dry. You need extra water. But many people are wandering, they're wandering in the wilderness. We need to be the people that are at peace. People that have joy through faith. faith. But there are others in the wilderness that feel alone. And there it says they found no city to draw in. Hungry, thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Many people are wandering. They feel lonely. Some even feel like they hate themselves. And that their life goes so miserable. They only see their struggles. You know, over the past two years, we've seen record numbers of suicides, homicides, lots of tragedies due to the type of response that different governments around the world make. You know, people losing their jobs, and people wonder how are we going to provide for our families. Terrible things happen. But as for we need to be that beacon of hope, let the redeem of the Lord say so and be a help to them where we can. To be a help in physical matters, but also in spiritual matters. To be a help to a people. Let, them, let us cry from the rooftops. That there is a Savior, there is a Redeemer, there is one that even in the midst of the storm, that Jesus is the one that can say, peace, be still. And he's the one that we can have peace and have stillness in our heart, even while the storm is going. You know, we see that God hears our cries, even when we get ourselves in new trouble. In verse 5. It says that they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses, and he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. They cried unto the Lord in their trouble. God delivered them in their distresses. And so it's true today. You know, we cry unto the Lord. You know what? God will give deliverance as he sees fit and he honors our cries and our prayers. As the Bible says, he even knows our thoughts before we even pray, before we even ask of them. You know, there's been times even when, you know what, I had thoughts come to my mind or different needs 
that come our way. And before I even pray it, God answers. And then, you know, I'm just usually convicted, like, man, why didn't I just go to the Lord and pray it out loud instead of just thinking about it? Oh, how good is the Lord that he answers prayer I have not even made yet. God hears our cries. Even when it's we ourselves that got ourselves in trouble. Now, the Israelites, a lot of their trouble, a lot of times when they were captured by the enemy, you know, and the Bible says that God used the wicked as his sword. That he would use the evil people to accomplish his will, his purpose, in chastening the people of Israel. That he used them, he used their captivity. And different kinds of captivity, too, God used to accomplish a greater will. You see Joseph being sold into slavery. But you don't ever see in Joseph's life recorded at least where he's just complaining God why do you allow this to happen to me? Why do you allow this evil to happen? And I'm not saying it's not bad to question in that sense. You know what? You can't ask God why is this happening? Is this something I'm doing? Am I being chastened? But sometimes it's God's allowing it and it's not because you're being chastened but God has greater purposes. You think about what would have been different if Joseph never got sold into slavery? That never happened. You know what? Likelihood would be his whole family would starve into famine. They would perish. And then there wouldn't be the seed of the Messiah. There wouldn't be the Messiah coming through that seed. But by God, Allowing Joseph to be sold into slavery by his own brothers. Being him and falsely accused and thrown into prison. Falsely accused of adultery. Put uh, against his master's wife. Or worse than adultery. Accused of rape. Sexual assault. Now, sexual assault is terrible. And be falsely accused of sophistication. We see he's thrown in prison. And yet, through that, God would use that and give interpretation of dreams, and God would rise Joseph up to either second or third in command in Egypt. And then that would prepare the way that when his brothers came back into Egypt before, you know, Egypt would have probably been like, no, you Israelites, we don't want you. We don't want you. But instead, with Joseph being in, up in charge, was able to lead to the saving of his family. When God hears our cries, as we honor him, God promotes. And God was a blessing through Joseph to his brothers. And only they had done wrong. God gave mercy. God gave them another chance. And many of that times that comes for us as sending another chance to other um, people. Verse 8, 
says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful words to the children of men. For he satisfied the longing soul and filled the hungry soul with goodness. This year, I want us to take the time to remember to praise the Lord for his goodness, his wonderful works to mankind. It's wonderful words to the children of men. Now you know that God is good. He takes care of our needs. He fills up the hungry soul with goodness. Brings redemption to those who need it and long for it. And even when we suffer, and when we do suffer, sometimes it is because of our rebellion against God. That God will allow us, even as Christians. To suffer based on the consequences of our decisions. Verse 10, it says, Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God, and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Suffer oftentimes because of our rebellion against God. And maybe some, maybe in the coming weeks, in the coming months, maybe you have a testimony to share where you could mention about where you've rebelled against God. But God showed His mercy to you and brought you out. Now perhaps the psalmist has in mind. The next verse is the capture and imprisonment of King Zedekiah. You know, we see that God gives another chance. In verse 13, it says, And they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and break their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful words to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. I gave them another chance. Gave the Israelites another chance. God got people out of captivity. Gave them their freedom again. Gave them peace. Gave them prosperity. Broke the bands of sunder. Broke their bondages. You know that there's many reasons we can praise God for freeing us from the dominion of sin. That yes, we struggle in the flesh. We will until we're in our glorified bodies. But sin does not need to have dominion over us. It does not need to overtake us. It does not need to be our master. May we remember the wonderful words of God to the children of men. Verse 17. The Bible says, Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. But fools because of their transgression. Because of their iniquities are 
afflicted. If we're not careful, it's easy for our hearts to harden towards people and thinking, you know what? They got themselves in this mess. But the reason they're homeless is because of the decisions they made. The reason they're addicted to drugs is because of the things they've allowed in their life. You think, you know what? That's for them to suffer. And you know what the Bible does say? You know what? Because of their iniquities, they are afflicted. Thanks be to God, you know what? God is looking for redemption. God is looking to save to bring out of the miry clay, to bring out of the mud, to set their feet on a rock, to bring about change, to bring renewal. But many times people in their despair, you know, as the Bible says here, their soul and horror of all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. You know that in their sin, in their distress, in their trouble, they get to the point where they don't even want to eat. They're so miserable. They're so close to the gates of death. That's how miserable they are. In the meantime, why they continue to seek after drugs for a brief moment of high because they feel like they can't change their lives. And the reality is they can't. That's why they need Jesus. That's why they need to see Christians being a messenger of hope. It's the way of the transgressors is hard. Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good understanding, give a favor. But the way of transgressors is hard. People do wicked things. Their life is going to be hard. Their life is going to have extra hardships. But yet, as we see, as we read on, God gives another chance again. In verse 19, it says, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their distressions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Here we see again, God gives the people another chance again. And you know, sometimes we say, you know, God's the God of second chances. You know, and we see in the scriptures, we see second, we see third, we see fourth. We see God's mercy continues forever. His grace is ever present with us. He sent his word, and his word healed them. That God's word will heal like none other. It will heal greater than our own words. But may God use his word through us. To heal people. You know, the Bible talks about um, choice words are as um, apples of gold and silver pictures or something along those lines. That you know how those choice words can bring healing, that it could be fitting at the right time, and how it could bring encouragement. It could help bring 
those out of despair. And it could give people hope. May we declare his words with rejoicing. But how much more if we talk of the Lord's goodness when maybe our neighbors and those in our community understand the peace we have. Understand why we have the hope we have. In verse 23, when the Bible talks about those that really see the great works of the Lord, um, and how God orchestrates, how God controls nature, are those that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commanded them in rates of the stormy wind, which look above the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven. They go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are in their wits in. You know, at first, you know, it seems like an amazing, a beautiful thing. You see how God orchestrates um, the waters and the ocean, the great waves and tidal waves and all kinds of like great works. You know, I think of you know, pilots. You know what? They see the works of God, the creation of God, from a view of perspective that we maybe don't see on, on an everyday basis. You know, they can see the mountains from another perspective. You know, it makes me wonder, why do I, do I go through hikes to get these views? You could just work on your pilot license and just fly right over and get that view. Seems much easier, huh? Yeah. <laughs> maybe a uh, process get it there. You know, Andrew, maybe what you know about the process there, but he gets to see the views from the creation the way every day. We maybe don't see every day. Something I have to hike 30 miles to see. But we see that we see the great works of God. We also see the destruction that could come through Him working through nature. Perhaps the psalmist here sees when Jonah and the men were going to Tarshish, great waves. Right, crying out to all their gods and nothing would happen. And Jonah was like, you know what, it's because of me. I did not go where God called me. And here everybody is suffering. Maybe you should walk out a little bit. You know the decisions we made in life to follow God or not to follow God does not just affect us. It affects those around us, it affects those we love, it affects other people. You know, something to do more in the destruction it face. Other cities that face the wrath of God. The heart of man was says their soul melted because of trouble. They ripped to and fro, staggered like a drunken man. And when Jonah went overboard, the ocean's calm. The sea was at peace. It was still. 
because of the wickedness of man. So we see first there's the suffering. But then we see he turns it back. He turned the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffer of not their cattle to, de to decrease. You know, you see in the land of America, you see seasons of revival. You see seasons of blessing. You know, as God often knows blessing his children. But we often see when wickedness gets more rampant in our country. So do the consequences our nation faces. As our nation, nation turns its face away from God, we see more consequences in society. But yet we see, you know, the Bible says that, you know, if God had found just ten people righteous in Sodom, God would have spared the city. But God could not even find ten righteous people. We be a soul in society. Jesus says we are the salt of the earth. So may we behave like the salt of the earth. That we may see a land that maybe could be forsaken of the Lord, see the renewal of God's mercy. Verse 39, it says, Again, they are diminished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. A pour of contempt upon princes, and cause of them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet set of he the poor on high from affliction, and make of him families like the flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop their mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, every day shall understand. The kindness of the Lord. You know, God takes care of his children. And we make mistake after mistake. God is there. Give us another chance. You know what the Bible talks about? He that lack, lack of wisdom. Let him ask of God. To whom God will give to him liberally. And afraid of not. Meaning. That God is not just going to point at us and be like, you know what, you got yourself in your own trouble, you're on your own. But God isn't afraid of greatest like that. Now maybe some of you know people in your life that are like that. That are like, I told you so! I told you this was going to happen! You're on your own now. You know, but God's not like that. God extends his mercy. He gives his grace, and he's willing to give that wisdom to men liberally, freely. <coughs> God's mercy is great. May the redeemed say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Take time 
to tell people about the moment you got saved. The time you realized perhaps that God was real, or that you realized who God was in the person of Jesus Christ. Let the redeem of the Lord say so about answered prayer. That you had something that was heavy on your hearts that you were praying for, and God answered it. Share that. I understand, you know, there's sometimes something that's maybe more private, more personal, something you don't want to share publicly. There's times for that. But there are other times, and you know what? Shout it on the rooftops. Give praise to God for what God has done in answering your prayer. And lessons learned in your marriage, how you've grown. Testify of what God's done in your marriage. Let your neighbors know what God has been doing in your life. Let people know that you're no longer enslaved by sin that had dominion over you. All kinds of things. To testify of. You know, we're just going to go ahead and have a time of invitation. You know, guy who please get a song to play. And you know, maybe think about pray. Let's, we'll go ahead and um, stand if some um, the music plays. And just kind of spend a moment in prayer. Just seeking God. Asking God, is there something you would like me to share in the coming weeks? The coming there's somebody to witness to, somebody to tell of God's work in my life. Somebody to talk to about what God can do in their life. How God can save them, how God can give them hope. That they no longer have to be enslaved by sin. No longer have sin have dominion over us. Blessings in giving. Giving. You know, on Wednesday, this last week, talking about missions. And my wife was saying, talk about faith, missions given. So I would give a definition, I would define faith, promise, missions given. So you know what? You know, you pray, you know, you seek God about, you know, what God would have you to give. Towards worldwide missions in particular, above your time, you're given the particular missions, missionaries that we support. And so I would be fighting. My wife would say again, hey, talk about faith promise missions. Okay, and so I did it again. And she said a third time, oh, talk about it. Talk about how God's been good in our life. How even when we had little, that you know what, we committed to give in missions, that you know what, that was working minimum wage job um, when we first got married, and, and uh, uh, it's part time, was working two jobs by name now. You know, I'm always working multiple jobs, seems like. But you know what, how, you know what, we committed to the Lord, you know what, we want to give this every week uh, or every month, depending on, I think we were doing it weekly. And uh, throughout the year. And how we didn't really have the funds to do it, but we're like, God, you'll provide. We want to give this amount each week. And how it was the next week or sometime that month that I got $2 breaks. 
just after working there for six months. It's not usually common. You know, it was just an office depot. But they get a $2 raise in six months. And it isn't very common. But you know, it got more than provided for the missions that we were given. So she's like, share about the blessings of giving. So you know, maybe that be something you would share with the church. You know, how God bless you as you give. Maybe there's times, moments of trusting in God. You know, you didn't know the answers. But you trusted in God. Solomon, please go up on those with me. Ready? Times, moments, and you trusted in God. You didn't know what God was going to do. Think about Abraham, how God told him to go. He had no idea where he was going. He had no idea. He didn't know where he was going any longer. But God told him to go, to leave much of his family behind, and do this life. I'm knowing where God was leading them. They followed God. There might be moments where you really had to trust in God. And you saw God God, if He was with you in a trial, He would deliver us from the trial. What do you think over this week? What are things that God, I could give thanks to God for? 